We are sacrificing our children in the hearts and minds in normalizing something that is actually sacrificing our children on something called the altar of Baal. It's very demonic. And I know the drag queens are going to be listening and they're going to be very offended. Then you know what? Stay in your own lane. Stay in your clubs. Leave our children alone. And you and I will have no trouble. We'll have no problems. I'll leave you alone. Get out of our schools. Get out of our libraries. And stay in your own lane. Have your adult sexual proclivity. There are drag queens that are calling you out. They are saying what goes on in those clubs. And it's nasty. And you have no business being around children. All right, so I just wanted to give a couple of um, updates at the beginning as well. I had the most amazing conversation with Rocco last week. It was wonderful. I'm so excited about what's uh, coming. We've waited a long time. Our statement of claim will be filed in the very near future. As soon as it is, we're going to send a special announcement out and a press release. And, uh, you know, I love it because we've, we've had a lot of negative feedback uh, from the peanut gallery at times, right? They don't want to see us succeed with our legal action, but we've already had so much success. And uh, we, have po- we have already pointed that out in the past. And I anticipate that, uh, you know, they're very concerned about the statement of claim coming. The judge has already said that our case has merit. And uh, so we're going to proceed. And to, to myself... I truly honestly believe John Horgan has stepped away as if he's, uh, you know, was ready for retirement. But I think he's trying to have a soft exit. But John Horgan needs to understand he's going to be named as a defendant, as is David Eby, who's taken over for him uh, temporarily. And we're going to make sure that justice is served. So I just want to encourage you. That's one of the encouraging notes tonight. Uh, for those of you who live in uh, B.C. regarding Bill 36, I know there's a, a lot lot of uh, concern regarding this. Take heart. What the government has done, as they're doing in every province, is they're trying to just push this leg- what they call legislation through the legislature, and then they're putting their rubber stamp on it saying, thus now I say this is law. But you know what? It's not. I'm going to discuss that a little bit more as well. They can't just pass things that are in violation to our Constitution, our Charter, Okay. They're, they're, they're way outside of their authority. They actually have limited authority. Again, I'm going to cover some of that tonight. And so I want you to feel encouraged. If you listen to the messaging and the fear-mongering out there about what the government is passing and you accept that what the government is passing is true and that they have the authority to this, then you're buying into it and you're actually giving them more power. And about a year and a half ago, Everybody was panicking to get mask exemptions. And when Rocco and I were discussing, because we created notices of liability to protect you, to get masks off your children, and they were very effective. And uh, again, criticism about the notices of liability, but if they're so ineffective, then why did we just, just like a month ago, win two major wins in Ontario about uh, removing the masks and shutting down school board trustees who were going to vote to implement that kids needed to wear masks in. Our chapter leaders got busy. Ottawa was was one of them. We had a huge, massive win, and there's 
tens of thousands of kids that are not wearing masks in these schools that have that choice because of the work of Action for Canada. But you know what we did? We called out those authorities on their bluff. Okay, if you ask for an exemption, that means you need, you feel you need there's something to be exempt from. Let that sink in for a minute, that there's something you need to be exempted from. Masks are not law in Canada. They can't legislate it because you can't interfere with a person's right to breathe freely. So as the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization are talking about these secret meetings they're having that's going to force certain uh, health uh, rules on us, think about it again. Who is the WHO? Who is the WEF? They are a global, unelected body interfering with our democracy and our sovereignty. You know what that is? That's treason. And anybody that supports it, Justin Trudeau, okay, Christia Freeland, they're committing treason against Canada. So don't allow yourself to be invited into this fear. It is all part of the mass psychosis. They're working on you constantly. And Mickey Willis is going to be on the show next week. He's the uh, producer and director of all the pandemic movies. They have a third one that's coming out. And the third one is actually going to talk about mass psychosis. So you won't want to miss that next week. But I just want to reset your thinking going into the new year so that you don't buy in to what the government is doing. And even some good hearted and good intended uh individuals who are in the freedom movement on our behalf. Yes, we definitely need to counter, we need to oppose, we need to be on the front line of this, but I'm still asking you at the same time, don't walk in fear. All right, Trenzio, if we could share my screen again, please. And how are we doing? Are we on Save a Life, Serve a Pharmacist? We are good. Okay. And so as we said, I just posted and showed you the um, action for the youth. And the next one in line here is a lot of people are, 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 are still very concerned because pharmacists are reportedly giving the jab to six-month-olds right now, children, adults, elderly. And so we're encouraging you to take a notice of liability and actually serve the pharmacist. So we're providing step-by-step -step instructions on how to do that. This will be available, um, I believe, on our notice of liability page. And then there was another section that, that was going to be available on our website. So I'll just keep moving along. I just want you to be aware of it. We're having uh, good feedback from individuals. Uh, the more engagement we have, what I am finding is uh, individuals that are in some of these positions are not exactly educated on what's going on. So you have a, an opportunity to do that and put a stop to it. And where we're going to move into how immense that is, is as I talk more in the section of the LGBTQ and trans activists and where the government is at, going into school board trustees, having meetings with them and superintendents, 
I'm really finding that they have not done their due diligence to ask questions. They are just accepting the narrative that the government is sending sending them, whether it's on the rate of suicide, uh, you know, that if you don't support a trans kid, then you know what, uh, the parents are being told and the school's superintendents are being told as well that kids will commit suicide. And it's the absolute opposite. There's a 19 times higher rate of children committing suicide if they uh, go along with transitioning. All right, so let's get a little bit educated in advance. I'm wanting, again, to um, um, help you to accept the fact that there are certain things in our Constitution, the Coronation Oath, the Charter of Rights, and yes, the Bill of Rights, that verify that you have guaranteed God-given inalienable rights that the government cannot interfere with. But the foundation of these rights is built on godly principles. And the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms here says, whereas Canada is founded upon principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law. So the supremacy of God, I was having some correspondence with uh, Brian Peckford, who was is one of the last living I- individuals that signed the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And he sent an email out recently in a blog, and it verified that when the Charter of Rights was signed, when they were talking about supremacy of God, they were talking about the God of the Bible, the Christian God. Brian Peckford has confirmed that. He was there when this document was signed. Because Pierre Elliott Trudeau wants you to believe that we're a multicultural nation. And when they talk about freedom of religion in the charter, that it meant all religions. And that's false information. We are not a multicultural nation. We're a bicultural nation. And that when we talk about the supremacy of God, we're talking about Christian God. That is not to offend anybody else. But that is to say that this is how Canada is run. These are the principles by which we live by. And the rule of law is built off of biblical principles, which include the Ten Commandments. You shall not kill. kill. You shouldn't commit adultery. You shouldn't lie. You shouldn't cheat. We should treat our elderly with respect. There is also in the um, Constitution Act, okay, so the Constitution is considered the supreme rule of law of Canada. And when we look at Section 52.1 of the Constitution Act, it says the supreme law of Canada and any law that is inconsistent with the provision of the Constitution is to the extent of the inconsistency of no force or effect. What does that mean? That means that Bill 36 is in complete and utter violation of the Constitution. So it is of no force or effect. But in order for it to be challenged, because it's in violation of the Constitution, we have to do that by challenging it in the courts. All right? I'm going to carry on to the next one. If you have not read this book, I'm just reading through it right now. Somebody had given it to me, and thank you so much, Joseph, for doing that. It is a fabulous, incredible book. It's called The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. In the U.S. and Canada, when we formed our Constitution, we have an actual duty as the lesser magistrate to ensure that the government is held to account. The book advises us 
It says, when the higher or superior authority makes an unjust or immoral law or decree, the lower or lesser magistrates have both a right and a duty to interpose and refuse obedience to the superior authority and, if need be, needs be, openly resist their unjust or immoral law or decree. The book advises us that the actual legislature, the government, has limited authority. As you know, they work for us. But if more and more Canadians can understand their limited authority and stop complying, then we will be on our way to a greater win sooner. So please help Action for Canada get this message out. The government has limited authority. To those of you who work in law enforcement, in our military, you have a duty, a duty to oblige, to a duty not to comply with the authorities in your life. This means that if you are a mayor, a city council, a school board trustee, I thank God for all the mayors and city councils and school board trustees and law enforcement who are not complying with our government. Years ago, I was calling on the military and the police. I said, when governments are, when citizens are faced in countries with governments that are trying to implement tyranny, the only way the governments were not able to um, succeed was when the military and the police sided with the people and not the government. So this is a massive call to our law enforcement and military, to side with the people. This is your country too. You have a duty as a lesser magistrate not to comply. Awesome book. I'll just go through the title here again, The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. It is powerful and so encouraging. Back in, I believe it was November, I'm going to get into these wins now, all right? I I wanted you to understand where we are as a citizen in a country that guarantees us 100% guaranteed rights. You aren't crazy in thinking that this is a tyrannical government. If you're just waking up right now and you're just joining us, understand that we are faced, we are in World War III right now, and that our government is committing crazy treason against the citizens of this country. And we want to show you the wins that Action for Canada is having because of people being mobilized through our chapters and the members that are signed up with us. Um, We had gone through, uh, I just want to cover this slightly, is that they removed the Soji 123, the horrible pornographic books, as well as the Gay Straight Alliances, and also the drag queens. As a result... As a result of the individuals and our members who are taking action and the immense work that our chapter leaders are, are doing across the nation, the public libraries are rising up. They are responding to our calls to action because they're being put in a very bad light. The government, the teachers union, Reg Craig, who's executive director of the ARC Foundation, the media, the Canadian Federation of Library Associations, and the BC Teachers Library Association are all trying to defend their position, to to defend their position to exploit children. 
and and it's shining a very bad light on them. We're commencing the homeschooling groups. A lot of parents are pulling their children out of school. That's another call to action. Not only Action for Canada is working on this, but there's other very good, good groups like Liberty Coalition, Campaign Life Coalition. There are legitimate and wonderful homeschooling groups across Canada. And if you go to our homeschooling page, we have vetted them, we have met with them, so we can officially recommend them knowing that we are putting you in good hands. And we will help you in whatever way we can for you to get your children out of school. The notices of liability against the vax, against the masks, against the testing have had so much success, not for everybody, but we have had so many people writing to us Thank you so much. We've had a great success crossing the border into America. Sorry, coming back into Canada was a real huge obstacle throughout the summer. But because of this notice of liability and guidelines that we were providing you, you were able to come back into Canada. I know a lot of you have questions regarding uh, going down to the States right now. And we know that uh, Biden has had some phone calls with Mr. Trudeau because Mr. Trudeau was losing because Canadians were freely traveling into the into the United States and then they were coming back to Canada with no problems and I believe that they have had to do some negotiating and Mr. Biden has ended up um, restricting Canadians from traveling to the U.S. I am beginning to get reports of Canadians saying it was challenging but I was able to get back into the United States. But as far as what is Action for Canada is, is doing about that, nothing. We have no jurisdiction in any way with President Biden or what is transpiring at the U.S. border. We can only get Canadians back into Canada because you have a legal right to travel freely. And Canada is your home country and they cannot prohibit you in any way. Now, the good news reports that we want to focus on is uh, Florida Supreme Court rulings against the uh, COVID jab and especially focusing on how ineffective they are. Because of it, Nevada County plans to ban not only the COVID jab, but the flu vaccine. That's really huge news. The pharmaceutical companies are going to be really sorry they ever started this war. They are also going to cancel any kind of funding for advertisement for the COVID jabs as well. So keep an eye on that. I think that the dam is breaking and we're going to see more of these stories. I love it as well because somebody had posted that in, uh, Ken had posted that in Wyoming, they've made electric cars illegal. All right, it's falling apart. And you know why it's falling apart? Because the silent majority are learning how to use their voice. As I said uh, a moment ago, now we're going to start diving into the winds that we're seeing here in Canada. And um, I'm hoping that you're going to be very encouraged by this. We have been going hard after the LGBTQ. And years ago, they ended up making doing an amendment to the Human Rights Code at the provincial level and at the federal levels. And it was giving, um, how can I say, you couldn't discriminate, uh, uh, discriminate against sexual orientation, gender identity expression. You can see that right here in Bill C-16. This is the one at the federal level. But understand then, this isn't a green light 
for pedophiles and groomers and people to come and sexually exploit child, exploitate children. Because it says right here is that, you know, individuals to make for themselves lives that they are able and wish to have and to have their needs accommodated consistent with their duties and obligations as members of society. All right. So the uh, amendments to the Human Rights Act clearly says that they have duties and obligations. So remember that as we move forward to talk about this horrific campaign with the drag queens that's that's increasing right now. And the reason is, is because they're losing ground. And that's what I want you to see is the win in that. When they amended the Human Rights Code, I also want to point out that the Charter of Rights, Section 15.1, already said that every individual is equal before and under the law and has the right to equal protection and equal benefit of the law without discrimination. By including, by including this minority group, because this is the trans LGBTQ group, they ended up violating what? The Charter of Rights. And remember I said that anything that's inconsistent with the Constitution is of no force or effect? This applies. Because when you give special privilege to one group, that means that you are no longer allowing society at large to be equal under the law. All right, we'll carry on. This information that I provided on this page is a report that I wrote in 2018. I would highly recommend if you go under current issues, you would pop down to political LGBTQ and this is on that page right here. If you just scroll down, there's political LGBTQ at the top of the page. Read this report. You will become educated and you will have answers in order because knowledge is power. So the exciting part and I found this verse, it's John 1, 5. It says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. I want to add a praise the Lord to that because we are going to expose darkness right now. There is a campaign going across Canada because of the work that Action for Canada and other groups are doing to rise up in opposition to the radical LGBTQ agenda. Global News started this on January 8th. They came, they came out with the messaging as anti-LGBTQ hate grows in Canada. Advocates say it's never been as scary. They're using language that Action for Canada has used in some of its reports and responses that say particularly baseless accusations of pedophilia and grooming children, which they say only feeds threats and acts of violence. If you read this report, what they're doing is they're trying to further victimize the LGBTQ community put to pull on the heartstrings of their viewers. But let's show what the, L what the mainstream media is not talking about. So this individual had a drag queen show multiple for many years in Kelowna. And one of our amazing chapter leaders, Larry Bear, on her own started a petition because she wanted to address this 
with the new mayor and city council saying, I object to drag queens having story time at public libraries funded by my tax dollars because she was concerned about the hearts and minds of children. Well, she posted it on a change.org, not knowing that that's funded by Soros. And the other day, change.org took down her petition. It was very respectful petition. And so then she reached out and she says, Tanya, I'm having some problems here. They've taken down uh, the petition. And I says, you know what? That's not right. People have the ability for the freedom of speech, thought and belief. They need to be able to make their own decision. And I would like to support you to move forward with this. Then our team started looking into um, Mr. Cook. His name is Tyson Cook. I'm just going to go back. This is Mr. Tyson Cook right there. And Mr. Tyson Cook is also known as, where have I got it here? A.K.A. Miss Frida Wales and likes to go and read to children. I'm not, I don't have the video available right now, but we're going to send a separate action out to you. But he has created a video that involved murder. He, it was as if he was married and it was his husband. It's very gory. And then meat went into a grinder of skin and eyeballs and things like this. It included cannibalism and a very demonic cult-like behavior. This is the individual who is going in and reading to children, but it doesn't stop there. His social media posts consist of sexually vulgar and profane language. But guess what? Of even greater concern, he works with disabled children as a certified education assistant in the Kelowna School District. The mainstream media is not talking about this. Castanet is a local rag in Kelowna, a leftist rag that promotes Mr. Cook. This gentleman has access to children, disabled children. Now, I'm not going to allude to Mr. Cook abusing any children, but based on the content of what he provides on his social media that he is very, very proud of. There's a collage. This is the mayor of Kelowna. Now let's see who is else on this page supporting Mr. Cook. You've got to take a look at this. Where is it? Oh, let's not miss it out. Here it is. Do you know who that lady is? That's Bonnie Henry. She's the health officer of British Columbia that's bringing the hammer down that's closely tied to the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, Bill Gates. What's going on with these individuals? When you see the video, we had to put a serious warning. I'm not even going to bring up any of his social media posts because literally they are so vulgar, it would make your stomach turn. That is the darkness. Remember, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot extinguish it. So we are working on a petition I would like to see the uh, city of Kelowna stop using taxpayers' mon money to fund drag queen story hours. You have a right as a citizen. The city of Kelowna, the city councillors and mayors work for you. Guess who else works for you? The school board. And they need to reassess Mr. Cook's suitability as an EA. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little heated about this because he comes on here like he's a victim speaking out against this horrible petition. And you know what? We're calling you out. You want to be in the public eye, then you're going to have to pay the piper for it. 
We're not going to to tolerate these individuals being victimized and having access to our kids. All right, so what's going on then, right? There's more public awareness because of what Action for Canada is doing. Like I said, the government, the media, the unions, the library associations are all responding to Action for Canada's work since uh, for the last, well, I've been at it for six and a half years on this topic, but guess what they had to do? You know what their strategy is because they're losing? They had to call on Goliath. You know who Goliath is? It's the media. It is Global News, it is CTV News, it is CBC News. Drag Queen Storytime supporters shout down protesters in Coquitlam. They had this staged. They had this drag queen ready to go, riding the SkyTrain from Vancouver to show up in Coquitlam. These are individuals that are coming out there as if they should be um, honored and respected and given room to go into the libraries and read to our children. In Calgary, our chapter leaders were out there. I'm sorry, I just lost my way here for a moment of a clip, and then I'm going to um, shut this down, and uh, I want to have a bit of conversation with you, allow you to ask other questions on matters as I'm sorry, fighting to find the dry queen clip. Here it is. This is just one of the clips. I want you to listen very carefully. Terenzio, please let me know if the volume is uh, working. Uh, no, unfortunately, the, the volume is not working. Tanya, we'll have to showcase that uh, maybe on another uh, show. Okay. That's all right. So this drag queen is saying that when drag queens show up at these story hours, you know, maybe they consider, you know, that children are there and that they just do silly dances with them. This is the mentality. These are adult sexual performers with adult sexual proclivities being permitted to go into the school. Khan is an organization called the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. And we were looking at this. As a matter of fact, Dan Dix from Press for Truth was reporting at the Coquitlam event. And he had noted as well that there was more counter-protesters to our protesters. We were the protesters. They were the counter-protesters. And we couldn't figure out, okay, you know, we're putting the message out, asking citizens to show up. If you don't like what's going on in the schools, if you agree that drag queens, that these adult sexual performers shouldn't have contact with children we wouldn't invite strippers to the local library to read children to children so why is this okay and so why aren't you showing up in protest to this why is the other side able to put a message out and get more of them than us so i'm 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 trying to convict you in your spirit a little bit here we are we are in a massive battle for the hearts and minds of our children Then I ended up discovering, somebody sent me an email, and we're going to be exposing this in an upcoming action. We'll be sending you so you have all the information. We're going to to include the reports from the media. This was all staged. So it was staged in Coquitlam, in Calgary, and I believe two locations in Ontario this last weekend. That means they're afraid. That means they know that they're losing ground. That means that we're winning. But the other thing that we'd like to see is more of you show up at these events because it matters. It matters when the news is there. It matters to see that the government sees your opposition. Because right now in these big staged Hollywood performances, the drag queen war, you know, rode the SkyTrain into Coquitlam. The cameras were on him. He was even doing some sexual moves on the SkyTrain. 
but then came and walked the crowds, protected by the crowd that was surrounding him, as his language, if you watch some of those reports, and was ushered in freely to read to our children, to have access to our children. We are sacrificing our children in the hearts and minds in normalizing something that is actually sacrificing our children on something called the altar of Baal. It's very demonic. And I know the drag queens are going to be listening and they're going to be very offended. Then you know what? Stay in your own lane. Stay in your clubs. Leave our children alone. And you and I will have no trouble. We'll have no problems. I'll leave you alone. Get out of our schools. Get out of our libraries. And stay in your own lane. Have your adult sexual proclivity. There are drag queens that are calling you out. They are seeing what goes on in those clubs. And it's nasty. And you have no business being around children. So the Canadian Anti-Hate Network, also known as CAHN, C-A-H-N, it ends up that they sent an email out to all of their members, calling them on them to show up at these events, just like what we would do. And then they say how to take, there's an article in there about how to take down the far right in 2023. This is the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. They have attached Action for Canada on numerous occasions because, why? Because we stand for righteousness. They are a hate network. Guess who else they called on? Antifa. Said if you don't want to be seen, just wear a mask. And one of the videos I didn't show because I'm always nervous about how much time I take up of people's time and, and what I, you know, provide you. But there are videos when, where Antifa was showing up and guess, no surprise, they were the aggressors. They were coming against our people, like pushing into them with their masks on, being agitators. It's, un, it's normally it's illegal to show up an event with a mask. I'm sure they could use the excuse of COVID right now, but the Canadian anti-hate network was behind those agitators as they always are. They are in our schools promoting a Marxist agenda. They are the ones behind critical race theory. They are the ones causing division in our nation, causing animosity. What does our side say? What's my position on this? I'm a believer. I believe in God and Jesus Christ. And guess what? I always have to remind you of God is colorblind. He doesn't care about the condition of your skin or the color of your skin. He cares about the condition of your heart. So why is the anti-hate network always concerned about the color of everybody's skin and victimizing people in order to advance a very negative and aggressive agenda? So that is where we're at. I'm going to stop the uh, presentation for this evening. I'm just going to make sure as well that I go over some of these notes because it was a a massive amount. I don't think I articulated myself as well tonight as I would have liked to. Uh, But the bottom line is I really wanted you to understand. I want the world to understand that the LGBTQ radical activists are going down and they know it. And they called on Goliath, the government and the media is their Goliath. But guess what? For those of you who don't know the Bible story, it took a little man by the name of David with a slingshot and a couple of stones to take down Goliath. And I want to encourage you because I say, you know who David is? It's Action for Canada. 
We have our stones, we have our slingshot, and we're going to take it down. And we're doing that with truth. The Bible says the truth shall set you free. And when I was praying years ago, I said, God, how do, how do we rise up against this? And he said, with truth. And we are truth purveyors. And we don't agree with sexualizing our children. So all of you activists, you want to back off? You, you and I will have no problem. All right. So with that, Terenzio, I want to get to if there's uh, some questions. I don't know if tonight anybody has their hands raised. And if they would like to ask me personally a question, I'd be willing to do that. Yes, we have we have a hand up. And just a reminder for those who would like to ask Tanya a question, go to the bottom of your Zoom and raise your hands virtually. We will put you into queue. Uh, first up, we have Genevieve. Uh, Genevieve, you should see a little message pop up on your screen. I do. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Tanya. I'm trying to uh, serve notices to the um, pharmacists, but I'm having a problem associating a particular pharmacist, any, with any pharmacy. So if I go on, a, you know, the college of pharmacists, they'll give me everybody who is a pharmacist in Vernon, but they won't associate them with the pharmacy. I'm just wondering if, if people who have done it, that you know how to get the pharmacist. So I have his name for the notice of liability. Well, what we're actually doing, no, I don't have an answer to that. I'm sorry, Genevieve. Um, What we have been experiencing is people are going in firsthand and they are commencing an investigation, sorry, a conversation with whoever the pharmacist is. A lot of times they'll, you know, you'll come to the the desk and uh, it it will be somebody like the cashier, et cetera, that's just handling the drugs. So be specific and ask for the actual pharmacist. Have a clipboard with you. And uh, sometimes their name is quite often uh, displayed on, on a button on their shirt. And if that's the case, you just sign or, sorry, post the person's name. And then what my suggestion is you go in prepared with the clipboard, but already have it signed and dated on the back. Then you walk in, if their, their name isn't on their shirt, then request it. And he'll say, I'm Dr. Anthony Smith. You say, well, Dr. Anthony Smith, I want to have a conversation with you, you know, about these injections. And we have a couple of questions that we've included that you can ask. Genevieve, as I'm sure you've probably probably looked at the form, asking for ingredients and asking for what uh, assurances, asking if they've provided informed consent, etc. So that's the best I can do. No, we don't have a list of the pharmacists. You just walk in and you ask their name and you, you put that on. All right. Next question okay. we have is from Dale. I just I just want to ask as Dale is coming up, be sure to as you're recording it, make sure that you either well if you're recording it, just record that you filled out the form and that his name is there. That's the only proof that you're going to have his or her name. All right, Dale, can you unmute? I think he may be having some problems yeah. with that. All right, we can go to the next. Next one we have is Robert. I've got it now. Okay, go ahead, Dale. My apologies. I pushed one button and not the other. Technology, eh? Yeah. Communication <laughs> information technology has been a real challenge to us. And as we look at what you're talking about tonight with LGBTQ, Edmonton is almost an epicenter <clears throat> spiritually, politically, and in many ways for many things. And your um, discussion tonight about the LGBTQ or 
uh, what is it, SLLGBTQ+, and we yes. might add P as far as pedophilia to that. Yes. Um, Randy Boissano and uh, Janice Irwin, are you familiar with those names? Yes. Well, Randy, I am, yes, but not Janice. What's, what's your question then, Dale? Sure. The, the, how, how do we get act, political action? Um, I was trying to set up the Janice Irwin is, is the LGBTQ as well as Randy here in Edmonton that have pushed a lot of this agenda from the municipal uh, to the uh, federal state. Right now, though, Alberta has not determined uh, the status of uh, conversion therapy, for instance. And I'm wondering, how do we politically, is there any way that this group can politically assist in getting a UCP candidate to come against Janice Irwin in the upcoming election? That's my question. Well, do you I, guys, I, do you guys work on that level? Well, what we're doing is that we are definitely meeting with and addressing elected officials one-on-one -on -one and holding them to account and serving them even the notice of liability, because there is absolutely no denying that all of this agenda is in violation of the criminal code, 163-1171, one as far as uh, sexualizing minors, pornography, uh, I forget the, I think it's 183 or something that is about uh, a, encouraging a child to touch themselves or others. I mean, there's various criminal codes that are, are being violated. And so one is getting to your elected official and educating them. And as I mentioned before, the passing of the, because they're all using the amendment to the criminal code as an excuse. We're abiding by the criminal code, so we are such and such. We are obliged to allow the SOGI resource into the schools, um, to allow boys into biological girls' bathrooms and on field trips and to stay in girls' uh, hotel rooms with them. Uh, we're obliged for this reason or the other to allow drag queens into the schools, the GSAs. Like there's so many things that they're using the amendment to the criminal code in order to advance this agenda. So we have to be educated. That's what I, I don't know if I succeeded in doing that tonight, but that's what I was trying to do is to show you that the Constitution supports the position that we're taking to put the limits on the amendments to the criminal, criminal code so citizens understand that there are limits and then to understand the sections of the criminal code that they are violating, which are on our SOGI resource page. We have everything you could possibly need or use to educate yourself and go and talk to the police and also get your facts, get your information together that there is a violation like what we're finding here in Kelowna with this uh, individual, this Frida drag queen, and uh, bring that information to the police and say this individual should have absolutely no right to be near children. Now, the other part of it is these activists, these ones that are in the positions of government that support the grooming and sexualization of our children, these are Marxists. These are communists, all right? And many of them are deviants if they're supporting this program. Some of them are just absolutely, uh, you know, the, the spineless uh, elected officials that aren't standing up. But the majority of the ones that are supporting this right now have worked very hard to get into those positions. 
and they've been working at this for decades. So we have to understand who our enemy is and what we're up against. So what's to counter that? Well, we need to be actively involved as the majority, raising up good godly leaders who are in agreement with us that this is wrong and who are in agreement with us at the federal level that Bill C-4 needs to be revoked. That is the one that uh, was passed in December of 2021 that said, if your child comes to you at nine years old after being indoctrinated in the school and says, I'm no longer a girl, I'm a boy. Well, then if you don't put them in a gender dysphoria clinic and try to get them prayer with your pastor, try to dig into, you know, what's the reason why they're feeling like a, like a boy instead of a biological girl that uh, was the God designed sex, then you can end up going to jail for two to five years. If you don't support their dysphoria, Bill C-4, according to the Constitution Act, Section 52.1, is of no force or effect. But tell that to a parent who's going through this when the child services and the children's aid societies and the doctors are saying that if you don't support us, we're going to take your child away. We need to elect people into office and action for Canada is getting a database ready and other organizations, Liberty coalition, uh, path parents is free, uh, parents as first educators in Ontario. All of them were working very hard to get people into positions to get elected and into office. So yes, we've got a real job ahead of us, but again, there's more of us than them. But if we don't see more people showing up and taking their time off on their Saturday, we'd all love to just go shopping. We'd all love to just go out for a nice day, you know, with our children or spend time in our homes, vacuuming, getting some chores done. But you know what? We're in a war for the hearts and minds of our children. So people's perspective needs to be shifted. They need to understand how big a war this is. And they need to start sacrificing their time in order to help. All right, sorry about that. Let's go on to Robert. All right, Robert, you should be unmuted. Are you there? Yep. Um, <clears throat> this is off subject, so it could be another time, but if you feel it should be answered. Um, sovereignty. Um, is, is this, like, it seems daunting, and um, just wondering if I should pursue it or what advice there is. There's people that are promoting it, um, and it, it just seems like a big job. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to go digital, and I want to get a driver's license. You know, if I'm sovereign, you know, like, I mean, it gets confusing, right? I, you know, I know what you're saying, Robert, and Action for Canada has not gotten on that that train because we're having a hard enough time getting people to understand the Constitution and their guaranteed Charter of Rights. And the Charter of Rights or Bill of Rights, please don't send me emails. You should be, you know, the Bill of Rights is the only document. No, it's not. Both the Bill of Rights and the Charter of Rights are legitimate documents. One is more powerful at the federal level. The other is more powerful at the provincial level. And so when we talk about uh, sovereignty or there's no constitution those are rabbit holes meant to distract and if we're meant and uh, the goal is to unify Canadians let's use what they're most familiar with when I say you have guaranteed rights under the constitution the charter of rights and freedoms then when people start to embrace that that's a starting point for us 
And the more Canadians that can uh, speak to a police officer, the Border Patrol, their elected official, and quote the Charter of Rights, quote the Criminal Code and the Constitution, these are our wins. And that's what Action for Canada is uh, experiencing. I can't help everybody, but I can give a testimony of uh, a couple of those wins. So somebody from, I'll say, North Vancouver was being uh, connived into and coerced into signing basically an attestation saying that if you don't get the jab, then you forfeit your job. But they didn't know that that's what they were signing. And by the time they'd signed it, they'd come to me. And so the union was involved in this. And so I started helping craft letters. And we included not just this sneaky little union uh, wimp. I'm going to call him a wimp because he was trying to take the easy way out. Okay, he had no backbone, but it's because he lacked knowledge as well. He had no idea how to fight this. So he'd rather just capitulate. So he was putting the member that he was supposed to be fighting for in the worst possible situation. So when I came in, we exposed the union member, but in front of the full city council, we said, what you're doing is unlawful, it's illegal, and here's all the reasons, and then served the notice of liability. After some, he almost blew his cap. I mean, he was so horrified that he had been exposed in front of all of his peers and in front of the mayor and city council, etc. But in the end, she was offered her job back at the city in the city of Surrey. I live in Surrey. I had uh, an individual works for the city of Surrey contacted me in November of 2021 and said in November in January 2022 they're going to mandate the jab and put people on unpaid leave. I I had already written to the city uh, previously to the mayor and city council, and I had served them the notice of liability earlier in the year. But guess what? The message came from the city manager. He hadn't been served a notice of liability. So this um, employee served him a notice of liability right away, and his immediate manager as well, who was trying to uh, coerce him into taking the testing, and he succeeded. And we won. And I wrote immediately in November letters to the mayor and city council. I included them right away. And I made public the city manager's letter. I have the advantage of that because I have a huge email list. And we put it up on Action for Canada. And we made it very public. And we said, this is illegal. So when the inter-office memo came out in January of 2022, guess what? They had removed mandated vaccine and they had removed uh, the threat to put people on unpaid leave. And then several months later in April, the B.C. government lifted the mandates anyways. And so this individual never did a test. He never complied in any way to any of the mandates. But because of him, his courage he managed to ensure that other employees who will never know about his his bravery and his courage, he managed to make sure that all the employees kept working. And then most of you all know about how we kept 45,000 school staff, uh, uh, sorry, teachers and school, plus school staff working in British Columbia by serving the notice of liability to the school board trustees and plus additional letters that I wrote. And you know how we've accomplished all of these wins? by using the Constitution, the Charter of Rights, and the Criminal Code. Do you know why the media was talking about Action for Canada over the last year and a half in response to our notices of liability? Is because they work. Rebel News won't report on us. 
I they had a Susan Cole come on right now, uh, some about a year or so ago, and she was undermining the notices of liability. And so I was a bit shocked by it. So in uh, kindly in the uh, comment section, I had mentioned, I said, actually, we're having great wins with the NOLs. You're like, please let people know. And uh, anyways, they removed my comment. And their lawyers apparently said it gives people false hope. And so the uh, Rebel News, True North, uh, Western Standard, none of them will report on our notices of liability. And you know what? That breaks my heart. Not for me, not because I want any accolades or Action for Canada or our team that are busting their butts for Canadians, but because shame on them. It is because when Canadians feel emboldened, they feel courageous and knowledge is power. So we're going to keep fighting this good fight and we're going to keep uh, equipping Canadians and we're going to stand on the truth and the rule of law and the constitution and we're going to continue to have these wins and we're having massive effects with the notice of liability again against Soji and those nasty books and we just need all hands on deck. Anyways, thank you. All right, next question. Is there one hand raised? We do. We do have a, a couple more. And uh, next person is Martina. Martina, you should see a message pop up on your screen. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Martina. Hi. I just wanted to say thank you for all that you do. I really, really appreciate it. And I really enjoy these, these uh, power hours. (laughs) Thank you, Martina. And the the, the thing I was wondering about was um, the chapter in Edmonton. Is it active? Yes, it is. Uh, We had some, a little bit of delays and some problems there. Are you having problems getting in touch with somebody? Yes. Okay, uh, Sheila is in the chat. And Sheila, would it be okay if Martina, if we could be in touch with her to see what's going on in Edmonton? Uh, we had uh, some problems last year. We Our chapters were just growing like crazy. Those of you who have been following us closely, you know, saw what was happening. And understand, I, I just want to ask for some love from some of you who want to criticize Action for Canada or have high expectations of us. The majority of us are all volunteering our time. I don't get paid for any of this. I don't get paid for doing this show. Uh, There are some individuals, but I'm not one of them, and the majority of our team are not. And so we're pouring our heart and soul into this because we love Canada and we love you. And uh, so what happened is, is very good intended people decided to join as chapter leaders. But there's, you know, there's some involvement and some commitment. And for some of them, it was a little bit too much. And uh, then as well for our administration and our infrastructure, it really wasn't ready for that kind of a response. So we grew so fast for quite some time. We put a pause on and man, oh man, do we have ever an incredible system now for onboarding chapter leaders. It's like a pop-up chapter now. They have so much support. They are qualified. Uh, They have maybe some administration qualities, leadership qualities. And so we realized that some of the chapter leaders, God bless them, weren't quite, quite prepared to fill those roles. So we're continuing to work on that. So there are a little few chapters you know, still that uh, need some support. Maybe you're one of the people that could be that support, Martina. And to those of you, one of the greatest gifts you could give our chapter leaders is to show up, to reach out to them, email them and say, how can I help? Even your body in a room is more support than you can ever imagine. So please join them. Martina, thank you. 
All right, next person we have up is Donna. Hi, Donna. Can you unmute? Let's give her a moment. I know sometimes it's hard to find that mute button. I just got to tell you, it's kind of nice to be here tonight. I was kind of a little, I was a little worried about, you could hear me kind of stuttering going through the presentation side of it, but I really enjoy my one-on-one with you. I really enjoy answering questions and speaking with you. And I know that these are very, very difficult times and we want to give you as much support in whatever way that we can. All right. It looks like Donna's having some problems. No problem. We'll go to the next. Next is Henry. Henry, you should see a message pop up. Yeah, I see it. Hi, Tanya. Hi. Happy New Year. Hi. Hi. Happy New Year, Henry. How are you? Uh, doing good. Uh, this is going to relate to uh, the union out here that's representing uh, the people uh, uh, that were fired. Right. And, uh, well, uh, you know, they put on this big act that the, you know, the union, what they, all the work they've done for them, which is nothing, they're lying. Uh, they were in the newspaper and, and you know, uh, saying that they're all allowed to come back now unvaccinated, that they've fought for their rights and they won. Well, the funny thing is, is that they, they, they didn't mention what's in the contract. So there's two options, A or B. A is to come back. Uh, start your job March 1st, and but on agreement to that, you have to uh, agree that the, the region was correct in firing you in the first place. Oh, my. And that their policy, and their policy was right, that vaccinations were right. Or B, take a severance, which is two weeks for every year you work, which is the minimum you could well, get, actually. So it's, this, yeah, this, this is, is what the union is selling. Okay. It. It's coercion again, right? And it's because they, the company is probably doing a deal with them because they don't want to pay back pay. And so if it were me, one have if you haven't served them the notice of liability because we've got one that can be served to unions and serve your employer, get yourself situated. It's not too late. Uh, they're admitting guilt right now in that union contract. I would sign it, but I would circle the area that you don't agree with. And I said, do an, I do not agree and see what they say. And I'm not receiving a severance. I do not agree. It was illegal and unlawful. And uh, I'm also going to serve you a notice of liability. And we don't talk a lot about the other actions that we're taking for various and obvious reasons, because the government is listening and watching everything we're doing. But we're we are launching criminal charges against employers. And it is just going to be a matter of time, I believe, until a judge actually rules in our favor to proceed with the criminal charges. Right now, what they're doing, as a reminder to those of you who may be new to Action for Canada, is that the judges are adjourning our cases. Some have been dismissed. Um, That could be because, you know, it's regular citizens who don't have a legal background who are submitting their claim to the Crown, and, and for some reasons it's being dismissed because maybe the paperwork wasn't filled out, or sometimes it's a corrupt judge who is deceiving them and dismissing their case based on not legitimate grounds. And so David Lindsay has written one of the only books in Canada on how to lay private information. And so for about a year and a half, specifically, we've been working with David and with certain individuals who are members within our chapters who have been courageous enough to want to front line these charges 
And so they've been before the courts. We've been in, in and out of the courts since last April. And there will be more charges that we will be laying on behalf of other members. We're not getting paid for this work. We're not lawyers. Uh, we're just doing our best that if employers and unions are not responding to you, then you have a right to press criminal charges against your employer because this is extortion and intimidation. No doubt about it. It's just a matter of getting before a court where a judge is going to have a backbone to uphold the criminal code and then uh, commence those charges. Anyway, stay tuned for that because I really do believe you can see, you can feel that the temperature is changing in Canada. Um, there's also, like I said, there's a lot of things we're doing in the background that I, I can't discuss, but let's just say we did a call to action back in the summer against uh, a, a plea to the Canadian Judicial Council to remove a very corrupt judge. I don't know where those complaints are at. We're reaching out to the Canadian Judicial Council to give us an update, but there was good news in December on the 22nd where they had uh, commenced a, how can I say, it's not really a press release, just advising the public that a judge had been recommended to be removed and that judge was a problem, a complaint was filed, I believe it was three years ago. So it took time to go through that process, but I think uh, what we're currently facing right now in Canada, when a judge has had three appeal court judges say that what he did was criminal, I think that the uh, CJC should be expediting that case. And uh, we're going to try to apply some pressure to make sure that they do. Uh, so once that word gets out and knowing that a judge has, is going to be removed uh, from the bench or has been recommended to be removed from the bench, uh, other judges are listening to this and they better sit up and take notice because being removed from the bench is a very dishonorable thing to have happen. Okay, so we're applying pressure at all kinds of different levels. Um, I hope that answers that question <laughs> okay all right next we have a question from patty hi um i was wondering a couple of quick questions do you have prayer groups behind you and um would you be willing to put a list of the ways we could pray for action for canada and some of these issues that you're fighting against Thank you so much, Patty. Yes, actually, Action for Canada began a uh, prayer team and launched a prayer team. Not only they meet together every Monday, Wednesday and Friday morning to pray for all of the leaders of Action for Canada, for the work of Action for Canada, and then they have any specific prayer requests. And then we also offer prayer to the public. And I know that Sheila, she's so quick. She's going to be launching that information. There it is. <laughs> Prayer with Action for Canada. Uh, it, the, you know, because there's so many hurting people out there right now, uh, people could be suicidal. And, you know, if you're one of those people that's standing on the ledge right now that you've lost hope, I just want to appeal to you right now. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, our prayer, it will be in the description if you're watching this video later. It's also in the chat right now. Reach out to us. We have people that want to uh, 
support you, be in touch with you, and uh, provide you with prayer. But this is another reason why our chapters are so critically important as well, is because if there is a person who's lost hope or they need assistance so that they don't get to, you know, to that desperate uh, limit, then we want to be able, able to have an actual person get in touch with you, meet with you, give you a hug and provide you a support with support. And so, uh, Patty, I really appreciate you, uh, bringing that up. Are you still on? Can you, um, could Patty still come on Trenzio? I think she was just, yeah, I'll ask her to unmute one more time. Patty, you okay. see a message pop up? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in a prayer group on Wednesday nights, just some of us from our church and area. And, uh, so I, I was just thinking tonight, as I heard you speak, you're really in a warfare here yes. with huge issues in Canada. So I'm going to make sure we pray for you specifically. But um, thank you for reminding me about the prayer on the different mornings as well. Yeah, we have such loyal people. Uh, there's been times of fasting. Uh, we've been hit really hard. Uh, you know, most people viewing this right now or, you know, attending tonight wouldn't understand when I was, to me, maybe it's going to turn out that I'll, I'll look back on this and say, oh, no, I did a really good job presenting. But in my mind, just trying to get to the information to expose what's going on and to expose this as an actual win, I was really struggling. And this is where I need I need people praying for me and covering me because that verse that I provided that everything in the dark will be brought to light, the enemy of our souls and the enemy of this world, you know, is just absolutely reeling viciously. But where I go into battle, and for those of you who aren't Christians, there's in Ephesians, there's this awesome verse, you know, it talks about our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, which I read and provided uh, in the action that I sent out this week. But then it further encourages you to put on the armor of God. And the armor of God is the helmet of salvation. And when you put that helmet of, of salvation on, I know that I'm a follower of Christ. I believe that uh, Jesus died on the cross for me and that I'm forgiven and that he is the way he built that bridge between God and myself, right? And if that if you're somebody that's questioning tonight about what it is to be a Christian, it means that the simplicity of it, John 3, 16 in the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that who believes in whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And it's not just a matter of being a good person. I know the world wants to sell you that bill, but the problem with that is, according to the word of God, and the word of God, you got to remember, it starts with Genesis 1 that says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then the animals of the sea and, and the light, and then male and female, and he said, it is good. And that's the battle right, we're in right now, right over creation, male and female. There was nothing in between. Don't believe that lie. So what he did then was, in the Old Testament, people would have to give sacrifice for forgiveness of sins. And instead, God sent his one, one and only son as the greatest sacrifice. 
so that we no longer had to make uh, animal sacrifices. We can just receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Say, you know what? You come to a point in your life where you've been living your life on your own. You may be a good person, but you know something's missing. And we are born with a hole inside of us. And the only thing that can fill that hole is God, not another religion. Those religions, you can date every religion that came after in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. These are full religions, all right? I, I, I'm not wanting to insult Sikhs or Punjabis or people, you know, like look at Buddha. Um, the devil knows the Bible better than anybody. And the way he deceives people is to believe that there's one God, that we all serve the same God. But if you, the reason John 3.16, for God to love the world that he gave his only son and whoever believes in him, that sacrifice that God gave to us is the only way to salvation. So Buddha doesn't offer you that. Uh, I know many people that have come from Hinduism and become Christians, and they were so relieved to become a Christian because then they served one God. And in uh, Hinduism, there's so many 500 gods and whatever it is, or maybe more than that. I'm not that familiar with all of them. And uh, that is salvation. And so maybe you believe in no God, you're an atheist, but you still have that empty hole and your God's nudging at you. Say, I know there's more to this. This is a spiritual battle. And if that's the case, you believe there is good, you believe there is evil, then go a little bit step further that what is good, God is good and his son came and died for you. So you're getting that nudge, and you just, uh, they call that an altar call. You just say, you know what? You know, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I can't do this on my own. I'm going to ask you, Jesus, to come in and be my Lord and Savior. I give my life to you, and thank you for forgiving me of my sins. And if you prayed that prayer, get a hold of our prayer team. It's as simple as that, but you know the rewards are great because you don't ever have to wonder where you're going after this. If you're struggling, maybe you've had the vax, maybe you've had heart problems or you've got cancer now because of it. You're angry, you're hurting. Uh, your time may be short, and I, I hate to talk in those terms, but you need somebody who will listen to you. You need peace, and uh, God can offer you that peace. And so please get in touch with our prayer team. And uh, so anyways, I didn't mean to go off in that direction. I was feeling, you know, that uh, God's speaking to me right now that we're in very tumultuous times. And uh, it's all great if I can help you save your job, but I'd rather help you have an eternity, you know, in heaven and not be sent to eternal damnation where these leaders, these unrepentant leaders are headed. Um, so anyways, okay, Patty, can you come back on for a moment and just have a chat with me. You said you had a couple of questions. Oh, that those were the questions. Do you okay. have a prayer team? And then also, um, are you going to put requests on your, or could you put, put requests on your site? But if you yeah. have those, uh, uh, so we can just, I can just join, try and join into the prayer teams or something like that. Yeah, I would I would say that was best. Uh, the people that are closest on my team, like Ray and Ron, who attend, they usually know what's going on in, in my life, in the life of Action for Canada and our team. Our team members are being, you know, hit hard with, with some things that we need protection. We need protection from all things. And whether it's to ensure that our families are doing well, uh, some of them are working full-time jobs and, uh, you know, they need to need protection in that. Our vehicles, uh, you know, my assistant the other day, she was 
coming here and her vehicle broke down. No good reason for it. Uh, so yeah, we need covering in any way the enemy could try to disrupt our lives. And uh, we're on the front line in a war here. People have the gift of prayer and you are an essential part of this team. So Patty, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for your work, all your hard work. Thank you, Patty. All right, uh, Terenzio, did you, I'm just going to see if Heather and Sheila are sometimes sending me questions. So uh, there's one here. It goes, I live in Alberta, and I was wondering how I should go about getting lost wages back from being put on unpaid leave last year. Premier Smith doesn't seem to be following through with her promises so far. Uh, why is international health regulations and Declaration North America being put in place right now? Are they planning something? And when I return to Canada not vaxxed, will I be confronted with testing or fines? Can I use an NOL? All right, so um, I'm not sure who posted that question, but yes, our notice of liability, if you're out of the country, like coming back from Mexico or et cetera, we have guidelines and a notice of liability that have helped many people very successfully come back to Canada. You know exactly how to deal with the Border Patrol. You just say, I do not consent. And they'll try to threaten you with fines. If they do write you a fine, you say, thank you very much. And then you can test it right away. We have a lot of good people who are going to the courts right now facing these $5,000 fines. And I know that Sheila, we've been working with David and hope to provide you a resource on how to go through that process in the courts. All right. Again, a Constitution Act. This should be of no force or effect. Do not cave. If they start to offer you a lesser fine, don't accept it. All right. For those of you who are going into court, because then you're admitting guilt there. I know it seems better to pay 2500 than 5000 but just understand that they're admitting that they don't have a lake to stand on. And so, nope, just, you know what, take this straight to court. Um, that's just my opinion. I'm not giving you legal advice, but this is what we're finding where people have been successful. Okay, let's talk about Daniel Smith for a minute. I am not convinced she's on our side. And I know that's not a very popular thing. Man, I was watching a video of her today that I was like, I would just want to reach out and hug her. Uh, she's fighting against the gun bans. But, but let's think about it. Why is it that she's as a premier... Okay, let's go back to 2020 in the spring when I launched that report called Government Corruption, including with a foreign syndicate. And I called out Justin Trudeau, the digital ID, what was happening, you know, with our elderly and our jobs and everything. I, I called it all right at the very beginning because I was educated and I knew what was coming and I was trying to educate everybody else. And so in May of 2020, we reached out to every single premier and we provided them this report and we heard crickets. And trust me, I know that their inboxes were flooded with this report. And we said, get your citizens back to work. And by the way, commence an investigation to against the federal government. So now if you consider, we've all seen every single premier has agreed to, with all the warnings and all the information, and in fact, Scott Moe was a year and a half ago, he spoke about Action for Canada and our notices of liability in the legislature. That's an admittance that he knew because that notice of liability was packed with information. So, right, they're all corrupt. They all deserve to be imprisoned, if not the death penalty. And I say that because uh, when you commit treason, that was always uh, one of the traditional means of, um, uh, how can I say, of uh, consequences. 
And so I don't know where this is going, but after the Second World War as well, it, it got pretty serious. There were people that were put to death for the crimes against humanity that were enacted on people. So now let's talk about Daniel Smith. Jason Kenney was very corrupt, very much the supporter of the WEF. He was pretty much the worst province uh, that was attacking pastors and Christianity. We know that uh, he's also publicly, you know, a gay man that was supporting the sexualization of our children. He saw the harms. We were reporting to him the harms what were happening to our kids. And so then he ended up taking an exit. And so did John Horgan, the premier of British Columbia. And I'm calling this a soft exit. If you haven't heard, the uh, prime minister of New Zealand has stepped down. She's not going to be running again. Her video was like, oh, it's been the best five years of my life and the challenges with climate change and, you know, vaccination and all the rest of it. Okay, are they leaving because it's heating up as far as liability is concerned? I mean, people are coming out and they are extremely rightfully upset about loved ones being murdered by them, people being permanently injured. And now Danielle Smith gets into this position and she can rise up against the federal government. I'm, I'm a little bit curious as to how she can do that. I'm not saying she's a bad person. I don't know Danielle Smith. But I'm, I'm also wondering how it is that she can step into this position and why it is there's, uh, what is it, four men uh, still in jail from the incident that took uh, place at Coots border. And I saw her say that she can't overturn charges that were in violation of the COVID mandates. Yet she's coming out and saying the COVID mandates were wrong. These people are wrongfully imprisoned. Their rights were absolutely 100% constitutionally violated. The uh, judge that I'm talking about is Judge Germain. And there's Judge Olson and Judge Rook. Some call him Judge Rook the Crook. And all of them were in violation they, uh, of their oath to the bench, especially Judge Germain, where three uh, Alberta appeal court judges ruled that what uh, his um, rulings were unlawful. Okay, so why is it that uh, with that information at hand, Danielle Smith doesn't have the power to do something about it? Okay, and then I think I already answered your question about the international regulations and declaration of North America, blah, 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 and all the health stuff. These are unelected officials. We do not comply with foreigners interfering with our um, sovereignty and our constitution. Okay, uh, Tanya mentioned the change.org owned by Soros, but I googled it and they did not say anything about Soros, where I can find this info because I signed some of their petitions. You know, it, it isn't something that I have on hand that I could send you the link, but that's something they may be trying to cover. Uh, Sheila, I know you were saying possibly Bill Gates was involved in that as well. So I knew about change.org pre-COVID. We'd done research on it and, and there was uh, evidence of, I believe it was Soros funded. So I'm sorry I don't have that uh, available to you for, for me to give to you right now. Uh, but the evidence is there. This petition was taken down and you know the reasons? For hate speech. She was very kind in this petition saying, I have nothing against drag queens. I just don't think drag queens should be talking, you know, uh, to, um, uh, to children in libraries. So why would change.org take that down if, if they weren't from, uh, if, if somebody wasn't pulling the strings? 
Okay, uh, this small town where I'm staying at the moment has clinics where boosters are offered. Would I serve the manager or doctor in charge? Uh, nurses probably give the injection. You would serve the person giving the injections. You could walk in. Uh, some people have said, oh, I'm just coming in to say, uh, are you providing informed consent? Uh, some have, have the video, have your video going and record it. And I think that's a good idea. But um, if it's I know there's a Rexall drugstore in Kamloops was doing this, uh, possibly serve the manager of that facility and then serve the individuals. A nurse was served who was giving shots to two teenage children. And one of our individuals served them and then he was banned from the store. And so uh, he's still challenging that. That's wrong. But we've got to have a voice. We've got to try to protect as many people as possible. Okay, I live in Windsor, Ontario, and will be speaking before the public board for five minutes on February 7th. Would the chapter leader for the Windsor area be able to coach me as I premiere my speech? Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, I was in a school board meeting on last Tuesday night. I figure if I'm writing all of this information and trying to people to get people out there to the school boards, I better know what I'm talking about. And so uh, we had strategically had to find a way to be able to present on the SOGI. And so we showed up at a public school board meeting back in December because, of course, we know that they're trying to censor anyone that wants to talk about sexual um, orientation, gender identity, or the books. So I had them on recording saying the public is very concerned about being censored and not talking about matters of concern. And they said, well, no, you know, that's fine. Just get in touch with us and we'll allow you. And because I had my phone going, I said, okay, I'm going to hold on to this recording and hold you to it. And so then And when our chapter leader, Christina, who's awesome, had reached out to them, they gave us 10 minutes, which was on Tuesday night. And so the process was I had prepared a 10-minute speech with Christina, which we will post on the SOGI page. The, uh, the political LD, well, probably it'll be the notice of liability page. We've already got some other resources on there for you to use, but I find that this one will be particularly helpful. And uh, that will help get you through this. We want to, we're also doing a PowerPoint presentation, which we don't have done. We haven't completed it yet, but we'll be making that available to the public because we need all hands on deck. And so, yes, our chapter leaders are being educated on how to do this. But as I mentioned earlier, we're just regular citizens, ordinary uh, citizens who are doing extraordinary things. And so we're learning as we go as well. Uh, As it turns out, they did not want me. uh, Christina was reading the presentation and I had the PowerPoint presentation up. That's our PDF link that we have on the webpage and showing the book starting with It's Perfectly Normal. They wanted me to take the um, images down. I said, but that was one of the main reasons we're here is to talk about Soji and to review the books. And they were insisting I take it down and I said it well if it offends you and they went oh no it doesn't offend us and in a, inside I'm going like are you crazy it should offend you and as I was confused over what they were doing I had scooted down to page 16 to 20 which are the most disgusting and vile images in cartoon um, imagery that you could even imagine and this was with the mission school board and 100% they have these books uh, listed as resources in their school district and um, anyways then what came next was a presentation somebody was doing on indigenous 
curriculum that they have now put into the BC curriculum, and it is for it is uh, uh, kids can now n- no longer graduate in BC unless they've gone through this course. It is part of the procedure. You need four credits for it, and so I thought. This is just horrible, right? This is all part of undrip and the land grab that the UN is doing in the 2030 agenda, but people are oblivious to it. So I stuck around and I was so offended by this presentation and the language that was being used. So at the end of it, you're allowed to raise your hand and just make a comment. And so I politely said that the message was, um, you know, the presentation was well done but that the presenter should consider the language because I found it offensive to be called racist. I said, I am not a racist. And so then they put me on mute. And so I unmuted myself and I said, why are you censoring me? Because let me just back up for a minute. When the presentation on the SOGI was done, one of the school board trustees, Mr. Cairns, he ended up saying, in other words, I can't remember verbatim, we did record it and we'll maybe make that available. He wanted to know how we got on to present and that a committee should not be uh, giving us permission that it should go through the trustees. So he was trying to censor us right there. And then he said, we are obliged to teach this curriculum. Well, no, it's not. It's, they say it's required, which is not even mandatory. And it's not a curriculum. It's a resource. So this is what I'm talking about. You need to be educated because you need to educate them because they are so ignorant and they are just willing to go along with whatever, you know, um, what do you call that? So social justice. I don't know what's lacking in a person's system, in a person's life to feel like, you know, they're a do-gooder if they go along with this social justice that is actually harming children and they're unaware. So we need you to educate them. And then the last thing he says is he says, we are, we are educating global citizens. (laughs) And I almost felt steam coming out my ears. I'm talking, this is all UN language. And so to that, I responded after that presentation and I said, uh, you know, Canada is still a democracy and we have the freedom of speech, thought and belief. And uh, I take offense to Mr. Carnes uh, recommending that we be censored. I said, we have legitimate concerns and they need to be heard. And I think then they had shut my mic off as well. And I said, why are you censoring me? And I says, you know, another thing is, is that he says we're educating global citizens. And I says, no, we're not. We're educating Canadian citizens based on the Canadian constitution and the rule of law and biblical principles. And so they muted me again. Anyways, that led to the presentation of the indigenous stuff and me coming on. And I said, as I said previously, this is a UN agenda, UNDRIP, United Nations Declaration for Rights of Indigenous People. It's a UN agenda. Who is a foreign body interfering with? And then they just kicked me right out of the Zoom call. And, you know, because I challenged them on, you know, we have legitimate concerns. Uh, It's offenses just aren't on one side. And I think that if we can help to limit those in the future, that would help the presenter uh, to not offend those who are listening. And so, again, we all need to educate ourselves and know how to deal with these circumstances. And to be completely transparent, I was a little bit shaky when I got off there because, as I said, I'm learning. I'm walking straight into the enemy's camp. And I call them the enemy's camp, but, you know, really, my friends, these are people who are just really lost, just really lost. And in love and education, we need to make those appointments, which we did. 
So on Friday, Christina and I went and spoke to the school board superintendent, Mr. Wilson, and we had an hour booked with him, and he ended up speaking with us for an hour and a half. He agreed to review those nasty books and the list we gave him, and we educated him a lot. One of the things he said is that he really felt that by implementing SOGI that they were saving lives because they're receiving statistics from the government that say these kids have a very high risk of suicide if we don't support them to transition. And I said, no, sir, you're incorrect. They are deceiving you. The fact is that there is a 19 times higher rate of suicide if you support them transitioning. And I could come with a real-life story of a mom, I won't name her, whose daughter had a fentanyl overdose in November of 2021 uh, as she was 20 years old because at the age of 14 in the mission schools, she was convinced that she was no longer a girl, a boy. And by the time she realized that she actually was a girl, they had gotten her, that community had gotten her hooked on hard drugs which our BC government now wants to legalize, and she had a fentanyl overdose. So I could really appeal to Mr. Wilson with True Life Stories. I'm handling it and dealing with it all, but you need to be educated and as well. Go to every single school board meeting. You will be shocked at what they, the agendas that they are putting through on behalf of the UN. And the UN, the World Economic Forum said the cities. And these uh, civic communities like the school board trustees are closest to the people. And that's why we are going to work so hard to replace them at the community civic level. Okay. All right. Uh, so anyways, yeah, I was going by a question here. Um, I'll do actually Trenzio. Do you have anybody else that had their hand up and then we'll be wrapping up soon. We do. Next person we have up is Richard. Hi, Richard. As, as Richard, oh, there you are. Hi, Richard. Oh, now you can hear me. Oh, God yes. bless you and everything. And, uh, uh, I had so many questions. Uh, want to thank you for all that you're doing and, uh, and, uh, pointing out that I, uh, there's more than, uh, two cultures that you're concerned with here because I was kind of like typing in the comments in capitals and, <laughs> I guess that refers to a little bit of upsetness, but I can see that, uh, of course, the, the, the natives have a big say in all of this. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, and uh, yep. and, uh, oh, uh, the oh. biggest, biggest thing we need to worry about next is this digital ID stuff. This is a very serious matter. It is. Everything is aligned together. I was talking this week to an amazing story. And for those of you, I was just telling you all about the grace of, uh, of God and becoming a believer. And in the Bible, it says that God will take care of us. And I've had one testimony after another to confirm that. And so a doctor, I won't say what kind of position she is in. She lost her job a year and a half ago, had been working in uh, just insurance and all the rest of it uh, just to maintain. But she's not from Canada and had a visa and uh, there was threat of her being let go. I, I really have to keep things vague. But she ended up applying for a job in the medical field that she was uh, proficient in. And she had made it very clear that she was not going to take the job. And she thought for sure from her honesty and this and that that she wasn't going to get that job. But guess what? She did. 
She did get that job, and God is honoring her and faithful, and there's been no talk or threat of the jab. Things are happening in Canada. We got good Canadians who have capitulated out of fear, but they're also having to make tough decisions as to um, are they going to see the total uh, collapse of our democracy, or are they going to start standing up? And I heard another one of... uh, with somebody whose mom lived in India, who's a Christian woman, and this has got to do with the digital ID. And in India, you know, we heard very good reports that they were providing hydroxychloroquine and uh, vitamin D and everything to treat everyone. The government was just willingly do that. They had very low rates of COVID. They were doing really well. But I found out that the WHO had come in and, of course, for monetary gain, if they would promote this jab, then they would get paid. So they got the, the military out, the police, and they were forcefully going into people's homes and jabbing them. And so the friend that I know here in Canada, her mom was one of those people. And she says, mom, one day you're going to have to face your maker. You're going to have to stand before God. And, you know, this life is temporal. So you need to make a decision, but just be faithful and God will take care of you. So she ended up putting a padlock on the outside of her home. And when they came a knock in several times, it was as if nobody was there. And the threat was that if they didn't provide this medical card, then it was tied to the food chain. And this, uh, her brother went through the same thing. They were going to jab him. He prayed about it. He just entrusted God. They came to me, made a comment, and he said something about allergic reaction, and they never jabbed him. They walked away. God is good to blind the eyes of our enemy and to confound him and to protect his own. I've heard, uh, we've heard miraculous stories of people who had to go down an alley and, you know, there, there was uh, people there that were going to attack them. And uh, a person was arrested and said, well, what happened? Like, why did you stop? And it just says, because I saw the men behind you. And there was no men behind them. Of course, it was angels. And so God is here to protect us. And I'll be given a, a magnificent verse in a moment to show you how God is protecting me and the promise to protect me and why I go out boldly and courageously, uh, not only preaching the word of God, but opposing a uh, very dark force that is going on within our government. All right, so on that, I think, Terenzio, you know what, we will wrap up the show. I just want to thank everybody for holding in there with us and uh, joining us tonight. Next week, we are going to have Mickey Willis on the show. What an amazing man. Uh, He was in Hollywood, and he walked away because of the uh, corruption and ungodliness. He didn't know what he was going to do, but he just knew it was the right thing. He went out as a director and started the, I say he's a purveyor of truth. He went out and started posting and creating uh, the videos Plandemic. He's had Plandemic 1 and Plandemic 2. There has been information you've seen on Ivermectin. I've never been completely banned from Facebook, but about a month ago, no, it was about two months ago, I had posted Mickey's Ivermectin video, and I was I was banned for 28 days. And then Facebook listed all kinds of sins that I had committed, which, you know, was just such a surprise to me. So thanks, Mickey, for that. And so now he's got Plandemic 3. It is going to be focused on psychosis and the 
way uh, mass psychosis and the way these uh, oligarchs and these globalists uh, have uh, really focused on divide and conquer and how they've gone uh, gone about that. So I'm really excited to have him on the show next week and for him to also give his testimony of leaving Hollywood and how God has also uh, blessed him. All right, Trenzio, could you bring up the verse, please? All right. Uh, okay. So this is kind of exciting. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little inside scoop here on Tanya, and I've told you that I've been in this battle for seven and a half years uh, since 2015 when Trudeau was running for office because I was very concerned about his platform, and so I started writing my first letter. 12 people on my email list. It was just, you know, a concern. I sent it to friends, said, you know, write your local MP. It turned into a call to action campaign uh, where there was hundreds and hundreds of people who were taking action on my email list into Action for Canada. And I'm not going to divulge how many people we have on our email list. Let's just say it's a lot of Canadians. But that's one of the ways you can uh, assist us is would you please encourage people to become members with action of Action for Canada. We do not charge a membership. We don't charge anything for our resources. We are um, stepping out in a massive amount of faith, relying on God to touch people's hearts to give. And because of that, we are being blessed. Uh, we do need to bring on and hire some full-time people. And we know that God is going to touch the hearts of Canadians to give. For those, uh, you know, have money to give big, please give big, uh, because we really see a future with Action for Canada in lobbying government and making sure that this never happens again. So, as I was launching Action for Canada in 2019, I really didn't want to lead an organization, but there was nobody else who wanted to take the reins. So I said, okay, let's do this, and Action for Canada was formed. In, it was official in August of 2019, but in June of 2019, I have it marked in my Bible, I was praying. I was a little concerned, you know, about my family. I was a little concerned about what this meant to take this kind of step, uh, to take on the kind of evil that we were being faced with. These are very evil people in a very dark time. And uh, so I've always been praying that God would give me the faith of the mustard seed. I've been talking about this a lot because then we could move mountains. So after praying and after searching my heart and going before God and asking him to provide me a word, I opened up my Bible to Jeremiah 1, chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. And this is what God said to me. And I believe this was a word he spoke to me personally. For see today... I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land, the kings, officials, priests, and people of Judah. They will fight you, but they will fail. For I am with you, and I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Wow. So, Trenzio, I mean... If you can just imagine knowing the story beforehand about how I was appealing, appealing to God and how my testimony today is, you know, turn your life over to God. Read the Word of God. He is real, He is living, and He does speak to us in an audible voice and through His Word if we seek Him. And, you know, I was hungry for God, and I was seeking Him, and He has given me a drive within my soul that I was called for such a day as this, and He equipped me. I went through 20 
20 years of really hard times. So if you're going through hard times, thank God for it. Ask him to do something good with it. Because what the enemy means for harm in your life, God can really use it for good. And I'm a living testimony of that. I don't do anything out of my own strength or power. God has to prepare me and anoint me every day. And I just ask that he fill me with his Holy Spirit full every day. My cup overfloweth so that I can come on here and have a show like this and, uh, you know, work with an incredible team nationwide to serve this nation. And our chapters are more than just chapters who are facilitating you and raising up communities within communities. We are also the church without walls. And we love you, and uh, we are here for you. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you, and God bless Canada.